0: The Chargers' nightmare season continued on Sunday with star quarterback Justin Herbert breaking his finger and the Chargers' playoff chances going down the drain. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David And We've been covering the Chargers now for eight seasons together, but this is our sixth year as the host of Locked On Chargers Podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making this your first listen today. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, this is going to be a tough one today, a show we didn't want to have, right? And we appreciate everyone for checking out the show today. But we have to get into Justin Herbert breaking his finger and also just whether or not we should see Justin Herbert again, because I'm going to be on the side of shut it down. What is the point at this point with Herbert? Don't let him hurt himself any further. But today's episode is brought to you by PricePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PricePix.com slash on NFL. Use the code all lowercase locked on NFL for your first deposit match up to. well David the ultimate gut punch man like that's really all you can say about it I mean the Chargers have you know their slim playoff chances not we were that we were hoping for a playoff shot or we thought they would but like you don't usually see it all come together in in one game where like the Chargers playoff chances left the field with Justin Herbert as he gets hurt and ends up fracturing his right index finger reportedly and man you can't think of a more disastrous way this disastrous season could end
1: we saw so many different negative things this year. We saw so many bad defensive plays. We've seen some horrendous offense, but there's nothing that really kind of compares to the catastrophe of losing your starting quarterback and and seeing Justin Herbert get hurt and not be able to come back into the game is kind of jarring to, to watch because this is a guy who has been literally tough as nails. He's really fought through multiple injuries done absolutely everything he could to be on that football field to battle for his guys for his team for his organization and unfortunately Justin Herbert you know got hurt to the point to where he couldn't go back into the game I mean you can't grip the football you can't throw and you can't throw you can't play quarterback in the NFL so it's uh it's something that's hard hard to see and 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 unfortunately it's it's really the end of the Chargers season as we know it
0: Yeah, I mean, the Chargers season was over regardless after falling to 5-8 against the Broncos. That puts you out of it. You lose to another AFC team. All of those things stack against you in a game like this. But to see him go out, you're right. It is jarring. We've never seen it, right? Like, we've never seen Justin Herbert, you know, questionable to return in or will not return. Like, you always assume... When he goes down, he's going to come back because you had to watch him, you know, visibly wince in pain last year, throwing footballs with fractured rib cartilage, and that didn't keep him out. Then, you know, a labrum tear on his other shoulder didn't keep him out. A broken left middle finger didn't keep him out when the bone came through the skin. So I think you always assume that he's going back out there when he goes down, right? And I think that's part of the problem, right, is like you just – you keep hoping after just letting him get beat up and battered through all these games – that he's going to keep getting out there. And I think that just leads to kind of the next big picture question for this team, which is just like, should he play at all the rest of this season, even if he can't? Because it's like, I'm not convinced, David, that we're not going to see Justin Herbert trying to tape this thing up. Maybe not Thursday night against the Raiders, but maybe the week after that, right? Like trying to tape this thing up and playing through and being out there for his guys. But I, I think you have to take that away from him. Like, I just don't see the point of letting him have a chance to re-injure that, make his hands the two most important things to a quarterback, right, any worse than we, they've already gotten to at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, because if you ask him, I mean, he's going to tell you, I'm going to play. He said in yeah, his post-game, post-game press conference, he said, if there's any chance... To play, I'll do everything I can to be out there. I'm going to do everything I can in the treatment room to get back to 100%. And obviously that's the competitor that we all know Justin Herbert is, you know, is a quiet guy, but he is a fierce competitor and he wants to be out there. But I I agree. I, I do feel like this is a situation to where you kind of have to take that decision out of Justin Herbert's hands because The season's done. There's no chance to make the playoffs. There's no chance to be able to win a a, you know championship this year. What is the point of putting your two hundred and fifty plus million dollar quarterback? out there back on the football field when the games are basically meaningless from here on to the rest of the year what possible good can come out of that situation putting him in a vulnerable situation to get hurt when he's already trying to nurse an injury i just don't see the logic behind that i feel like the smart money is to hold him out and prepare for what is going to be a ton of changes in 2024
0: yeah and we're going to talk about that because it does feel like this was the straw that broke the camel's back for brand staley knowing what kind of the standard was for him going into the season and tom Tulesco more than likely too because the thing is is like the other reason you don't want to see them put Justin Herbert back on that field is because how can you trust the offensive line that's in front of him? The offensive line that let it get to this point, the offensive line that absolutely got, you know, Easton stick killed a couple times on Sunday. So like, I, I just don't know how you could have the confidence in that group. The group that, you know, was put together by Tom Tulesco, the group that was coached by Brandon Staley's coaching staff can go out there and protect him without Corey Lindsley, obviously. And the rest of this line, playing the way that they are. Like, you have to protect the biggest investment that you've made in franchise history. Like, I don't need to learn more about Justin Herbert this year and this offense. Like, I know what you have. And now the next step is, okay, what do you have in some of these other young guys, right? And that's kind of where where the focus is going to have to be for us going forward, is what can they still gain from the rest of the season? But as far as Justin Herbert goes, why put him back out there? Like, uh, you know he's going to want to. It feels like he's going to try. I just don't think you can let it happen. And I think the other big most frustrating part of this this specific season right is like it does feel like such a wasted opportunity like a truly golden opportunity opened up for the chargers this year where like the afc is open like if you're going to say there's like a juggernaut in the afc it's probably the ravens but like the worst patrick mahomes team that we've seen more than likely right the bills very uneven team very up and down team they're not a juggernaut Joe Burrow's done, right? The Bengals aren't the threat that they were, and it just sucks that, like, even with the AFC so wide open, you have four games left to play. You're already out of it and wasting an uh, you know, unreal season from Khalil Mack, wasting an unreal season from Keenan Allen, and that's the part that makes you sick. It does. It, it really does
1: because, uh, especially with those two guys in particular, those guys are at the tail end of their careers. I mean, it, it's just the, the, that's the facts. Khalil Mack's 32 years old, leading the NFL in sacks. Uh, Impacted the game again in this one, you know, didn't get a sack in this one But he definitely made his presence felt like he has in pretty much every game that he's played this year Keenan Allen has been the entire offense He has been absolutely incredible having, you know, a career year where if he stays and continues to play He's gonna smash anything that he's done any year prior to this. It's sad because who knows if either of those guys are going to be back with the Chargers next year? Are we going to be able to see them? I hope so. I, I really do. But we don't know. I mean, and all of, all of their hard work has gone for naught. I mean, a lot of parity in the NFL, a lot of teams that are just bunched up right there. Not a lot of clear-cut, dominant football teams in the, in the AFC. So, yeah, it is a big missed opportunity. The Chargers definitely could have, if they just played some quality football and didn't have all of the mistakes on both sides of the ball, other than special teams, uh, then maybe they would have been able to compete this year, but the same problems plagued them all year. They decided to make adjustments way too late. And when they did make the adjustments, some of them were effective and some of them weren't, it just was too little too late and they were already too far gone.
0: Yeah. And I think it's fair to question, you know, how far this team could have gone with the roster as it's currently constructed. We've talked to you about just this roster not being as talented as we you know, made it out to be or that many made it out to be or players not living up to what we thought they are or what they've been in years past because it's been all of those things for the Chargers. There's no one thing you can kind of pinpoint there, but to have, if there's any year, you just wanted a ticket to the dance, right? You have Justin Herbert. Like, you should be getting a ticket to the dance every season, right, or just about. So, like, to miss the playoffs in three out of four of Justin Herbert's first four seasons, like, unacceptable. Unacceptable. And then the thing is, is, like, to me, the biggest crime that's happening here is you're seeing that the Chargers, again, are failing to put a winning team around a star quarterback. Again, right? They're failing to put a winning coach and pair him with a star quarterback. Like, I'm so tired of it. And to me, this has to be where you draw the line. Like yeah. having him get hurt, letting him go out there and get Andrew lucked out there until he finally can't battle through the injuries anymore. Like that has to be where the line is drawn. And that's why I think this team is headed for a full blown rebuild because the brain Staley, that ship has sailed to this point and it should yeah. probably sail for Tom Tulesco as well. And we're going to tell you exactly why coming up right after this. I do want to tell you guys that the first thing I did after the game was got myself a gigantic bag of DoorDash to eat my pain away. And that is one of the many, many reasons that DoorDash is one of the perfect things for football Sundays is because, man, I can tell you that after that game, you guys might be able to tell you know, a little bit of stress eating happened after that. It's just like, why, you know, why, why? And, but that's the great thing about DoorDash, especially when you like a team like the Chargers is, Hey, why put yourself out there in your Justin Herbert Jersey and have to go into stores and things like that. When you could have DoorDash deliver the best local restaurants and groceries right to your house. So you don't have to be this, have the shame of being a Chargers fan out in public on days like this, because the Chargers have let you down again. But that's the great thing about DoorDash. You can always find your local gyms on there. And we've talked to you guys about a bunch in LA. I just got wings and things ordered to my, myself the other night because I needed breadstick therapy, right? Get your favorite restaurants with DoorDash and save some money. Get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. But again, 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $15 or more on your first order. When you download the DoorDash app, enter the code LOCKED23, subject to change, terms apply. David, we talked about, you know, Justin Herbert and and him getting injured and that kind of just being like the crux of the season, right? Like it it felt like it was always heading for disaster and it finally hit the boiling point where it's the point of no return. And it all happens at the same time. You lose the season, you lose your star quarterback. And I think the first thing you have to think of is Brandon Staley, because if you say the Chargers are missing the playoffs, that means Brandon Staley will not be able to achieve what the bar was for him going into the season where – after you lose a game like you did in the playoffs, up 27-0, things change. If you're going to get granted another shot after blowing things that spectacularly, you have to have a strict bar for what that person has to do if you're going to give, give them or let them keep that job in general. and It seemed like going into the season, it was playoffs and a playoff win or bust, and that ship sailed on Sunday.
1: There's got to be accountability from the organization, from the ownership, right? I mean, the Chargers gave Brandon Staley another opportunity, another chance after that disastrous loss where they had that gigantic lead in the playoffs. That game should have never, ever been lost. I mean, any other competent head coach wins that football game. I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there exactly like that. Now, this year, where you restructure the contracts to bring these guys back so you can get your guys, your team, the way you want it, in in your system for another year the expectation was clear make it to the playoffs win a playoff game supersede what you were unable to do last year since you were unable to do that that's it it's gone he's done he's got to go they have to tear it completely down they need to get him out they need to get somebody that has some experience in in there someone who's been a head coach before preferably for me someone who can win someone who has an ability to say what they're going to do and then do what they said they are going to do not just make it sound good right go out there and execute and bring the bacon home
0: yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Brandon Staley seems like a really good man. It does seem like he had great relationships with his players. This is not a case of I think he's losing the locker room outside of a couple of stray comments from Austin Eckler who's frustrated about a lot of things, right? But, yeah. like, I don't think this is that. Like, that does happen. You know, guys do lose faith in their in their coach. But the thing is, is... Brandon Staley and what every coach says is, I'm coming here to build a winning culture. And that's why you want a full reset because this is not a winning culture. This it's is a chargering culture, right? Yep. And that was the big thing. Brandon Staley came in and said, We're not chargering anymore, right? We're getting rid of that stigma. And, and, and ever since the playoff game against the Jaguars, all they've done is charger all over themselves. Like that you is that. What, what it comes down to, right? And I think when you're looking at Brandon Staley, what it's going to eventually come down to is like, the vision never panned out like yeah. he he was a decent in-game coach as far as using his timeouts, game management, things like that. But I don't think that was the vision of ownership when they brought him in. I think what they thought no. was, hey, if we put a, an excellent defense around Justin Herbert, how many games are we going to win? Because, like, if you pair that dude with a really, really good defense, you're going to be in every game, and you're going to win most of your games, right? And what yeah. it's going to come down to eventually when that final check is written is you just didn't have a good defense. Like, we're seeing the defense, you know, do some nice things late in the season last year, a few games stretch this year, but that's what it's going to be. You came in to be a defensive guy, and the defense was bad. It's time to go.
1: Yeah, I mean, not just bad, but ho- horrendous, like horrible. Like, one of the worst defenses in the NFL, and you didn't, and it, you didn't really have a lot of elements that were very successful. I mean, if you want to say they got after the quarterback at a high rate, fine. I'll, I'll concede that on third downs. And but they were downs. one of the worst
0: teams but, at doing that last year, so it's like yeah, that, even that's inconsistent.
1: Exactly, and it's just that was good uh, at that point. The run defense was horrible, or the pass defense was horrible. There was never anything that was consistent against high quality football teams at any point during Brandon Staley's. That's
0: tally. the other big thing. You're going to be judged on how you come through in big moments and since the start of the 2022 season, name the big wins against a Miami team that ended up being broken at the end of the season last year. You're not going to find a single good win on this schedule against a good team this year. Like no. if you don't beat good teams, you're not a good team. So you haven't yeah. been a good team.
1: No, I mean, that's it's just, it's, it's just simple facts. Just you came in to be a defensive head coach and your defense has been one of the worst in the NFL. I mean, I don't think it gets any more clear than that. So if you brought in with that specialty in mind and you weren't able to come and honor that specialty or be able to bring that out and be able to actually let let that unfold <laughs> to where it was successful, then you got to go. You, you got to right. go. I mean, everyone's got to go burn it to the ground.
0: Yeah, and I think you know when you also would look at development and things like that, and like how many you know defensive players that were good before Brandon Staley got here got better with Brandon Staley. Like Khalil Mack has obviously had an excellent season. Like I think you've you've seen you know instances here and there. Like we saw Drew Trank will take that step, right? I think this year we've seen Louis Gilman take that step. But like even with all those things, you're still one of the worst defenses in the league. And I think then you look at okay, well. It's not just Brandon Staley because this team isn't as talented as many people think it is. And many people are making the argument for when they want to blame Justin Herbert for all these things. Everyone talks about how loaded this team is when it's really not. And I think that's the thing that goes along with this is like it should not just be Brandon Staley. It's not just the last you know, nail in that coffin. A clean house means the GM's got to go too. And I think this should be the end of the tom Tolesco era i don't think you give him a major role in picking a fourth head coach right and i think what it comes down to to me inability to bend build a winning roster around two different star quarterbacks he couldn't do it with philip rivers and he couldn't do it with justin herbert
1: i mean that's just the facts i mean you knew philip rivers was an incredibly talented quarterback even all the way through the end i think philip showed even in a Colts uniform, that this is a guy that can win. He understands how to win. He, he's you know he's a very smart quarterback. He's able to get you know your your players in the right place to go out there and execute. And you know Justin Herbert has all the talent in the world, but it doesn't matter how much talent you have if you have absolutely no time to throw the football, or if you're having to put your team on your back because your defense continually capitulates points more than you would ever expect. It's, it's just really hard to play football that way. Your job as a general manager is to be able to put together a, re, a roster that's able to compete and win championships. Zero division titles and a two and three record in the playoffs. That is the story of Tom Telesco and is ultimately a story of failure. So it's time for Tom Telesco to go. You have to get him out. You gotta get the coach out. This whole culture needs to be uprooted completely from the roots and casted away and they need to be able to bring in completely new blood, new owner, uh, not new ownership, excuse me. (laughs) Yeah, well, new head coach, new general manager, new new vision, and they got to go out there and be able to execute it.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're talking about a rebuild, if you're talking about building a winning culture, right? Like we saw with Brandon Staley, the chargers tried to build a winning culture on top of a losing culture. And how did that work out? Right. They didn't tear it down to the foundation. And like, as long as Justin Herbert's here, you shouldn't have to have a full rebuild season. Like that's another thing with Tom Tuleska is they did set themselves up in a hellish cap situation in 2024. That's going to make everything difficult, but at the same time, it's going to come down to this. You had some big hits in the draft, but not enough hits right? You know, it's like a a hitter that hits uh, 145, but hits 30 home runs a season. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it reminds me of. And too many big signings that just didn't work out, you know? And I think that's, if you're just talking about your general manager, those are the things you're looking at. Those are the things you have to be good at, right? Like you have to be able to find the talent. You have to be able to also put a coaching staff that's in place to develop that talent and to get the best product on the field. And I just don't think there's a single person looking at this Chargers roster and thinks this is a maxed out best talent on the field type of team. Like, I I don't see it. If it is, it's it's going over my head. It's not. It's a bad team. That's what it is. You built a bad team, a bad team that's also poorly coached. This is the result that you get, right? And, And that's just what it is at this point, and I think one of the things that illustrates that perfectly is just whether it be Justin Herbert, whether it be Phillip Rivers, the one thing they've consistently gotten wrong is the offensive line, which not only, you know, big part of the reason why Justin Herbert's been hurt so much over the last couple of seasons was a big reason that they couldn't win this game, because as soon as Justin Herbert left, you're like, okay, this is what it looks like with Easton Stick, who had some good moments, but it's like, what can anyone do? What can anyone do if they're getting free rushers in their face left and right because you've invested in the offensive line and you made, you know, you tried, but it just failed? And so we're going to talk about that coming up right after this. First, I need to tell you guys about prize picks, which is daily fantasy made easy and can also help you get your mind off the Chargers because you don't have to use any projections that are Chargers related. You can go straight to the NBA if you need a whole different sport to make some, you know, projections on. But with prize picks, all you have to do is select two or more players. Pick more or less on their projected stats and place your entry. The more entries you hit on, the more you win. And if you hit on six of those entries, you can win 25 times your money. fix also offers great discounts like Taco Tuesday where you get that promotion and they will discount select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value and you always get quick withdrawals. Easy gameplay and enormous selection of players and stat types are what make PrizePix the number one daily fantasy sports app. And you can also play along celebrities like Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz. You can find in the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view those entries. So go to PrizePix.com slash locked NFL and use the code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to one hundred dollars that you're going to match your money. That's PrizePix.com slash locked on NFL. Promo code locked on NFL for that deposit match up to hundred dollars. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy. David, I think when you're talking about Phillip Rivers, one of the things, you know, especially post LT Gates era. And that's another thing from this game, right? Like having this game with those dudes in attendance, right? All those dudes representing the last time the Chargers were consistently good and were a threat year in and year out. And all those guys got a firsthand view of how it fell apart. After things ended with Marty Schottenheimer and A.J. Smith and all of those things. It's a beautiful disaster. And now it continued to be a disaster under Tom Telesco. And I think one of the main kind of, you know, common denominators there is just an inability to build a good offensive line. Since we saw an offensive line that had Marcus McNeil and Nick Hardwick and a lot of those guys. You know what I mean? Chris Dielman. love that dude. But, David, I do need to tell everyone first, though, that they should be checking out the new Locked On Sports Today 24-7 Sports Streaming Channel. It's the only one like it in the business where they can get up-to-date on every sport throughout the league, only the way that Locked On can do it with their local experts covering everything. So make sure you guys check out the first 24-7 Sports Streaming Channel now available on YouTube. Offensive line, David, that's one of the more disappointing things for this season was just how bad it is. And I, and I think, you know, when I'm looking at it, it kind of comes down to a, a select few things here and why it's gone wrong, right? Like Zion Johnson and Jamari Sawyer have both been below average, right? Very bad. Jamari yeah. Sawyer was better as a tackle than he is a guard. Johnson hasn't played up nearly close enough to being picked in the first round. Corey Lindsley's out, and that's still not an excuse to be as bad as they are. Not nearly. And Trey Pipkins, you give a contract to, right? And he's reverted almost instantly back to a below average tackle, which is what he was before actually having that one really good season, or you know, pretty good season, suffering through injuries last season. But like not only you know that was a huge factor in why the chargers lost today no matter who which quarterback was in there but this is something that goes much further than just this one performance
1: no not at all i mean th- this chargers offensive line has had these same issues all season long whether it's their inability to run block or whether it's their inability to, to pick up the twists and the stunts and the blitzes. Yeah, and the when protections they're sending, are sending mess. Yeah, when they're sending extra guys, they don't communicate or know how to be able to pick that up, be able to make those adjustments to pick those things up. I mean, good the, the good offensive lines can see that, identify that, and make the adjustments to be able to pick those things up. The Chargers offensive line has not picked any of those up at all all season and it has continually come back to haunt them in the most important moments when you need them to pass protect the most when you know they're going to send guys after you to get your quarterback on the ground the Chargers offensive line has been unable to provide the protection necessary for your quarterback to be able to stand in there and make a throw that's why the Chargers have lost multiple games this year and it's another reason why the Chargers lost this game against the Broncos today.
0: And the biggest reason why their star quarterback might not play for the rest of the season, right? And, and like, I, it, it's just impossible for me to believe that Brendan Nugent is getting the most out of these guys too. The Chargers' offensive line coach—that's another thing that has to be completely wiped out and rebuilt. Because oh, yeah. like. You have a first round pick that has talent in Zion Johnson, right? Who hasn't developed seemingly at all. At all. Jamari Sawyer has not developed nearly as quickly as you need him to, and like it also goes back to Tom Tolesco, right? You knew what happened last year with Corey Lindsley, and you were still okay with Will Clapp being the guy this season, and that's not a shot at him for a backup center. He's not terrible, but like right. You've seen what it's done. I mean, just in this game, the Chargers lost 68 yards in sack yards. Like that's just such a hard thing to overcome. It also forced multiple turnovers, right? Pressure and Justin Herbert's facing a batted pass, a fumble, and Easton Stick multiple fumbles by Easton Stick after getting sacked. But David, I mean, Easton Stick is what we're going to see now, right? Like that, it's Easton Stick's team potentially for the rest of the season. What did you think about his game?
1: Yeah, honestly, like all things considered, you know, con- like knowing that a, a backup quarterback doesn't get any reps, like really all yeah. year, like, you know, during the season, they, they sit there and they're holding the clipboard. Basically, the starters are getting all of the touches, all of the looks. So for him to come into the ball game cold, I honestly thought he made some decent throws. I, I thought that he, he was all right. He was fairly composed. Um, he was able to stand in the pocket and he was able to hit receivers. He hit Quentin Johnston on a couple throws, hit uh, Keenan Allen on a couple throws. Honestly, I, I mean, I felt like it was a pretty decent performance from him.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I you know, I, I think you see why Justin Herbert is as good as he is with some of the things you know because like he's the sure. stick just missed a, you know several just kind of more routine throws and you know I'm so good right. with Justin Herbert early in this game too the whole whole offense started bad yeah but like. You know, the pocket presence, I think, is the most, you know, like stick out of, a couple, yeah. you know, three different times where he right. got absolutely obliterated and just had no idea somebody was going to hit him. Right. So I think right. that's where you see him. But it was very interesting to see him hit that dime of a throw over the top to Quentin Johnson for multiple reasons. Right. That's like beautiful. Steezes and stiff for what he's going to be for the Chargers this season. And also Quentin Johnson finally making that big play, the big play that we've been waiting on. All season. And it does make sense that there's a little bit of chemistry between those two because they were getting a lot of second team action, you know, in the training camp and all of that. But like at the end of the day, David, like it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Like the Chargers still lost in the way the Chargers always lose. Like the things we're always afraid of come to light, right? The offense yeah. gets out to a completely lethargic start while the defense plays well. You're terrible on fourth and third down. You're giving up big plays. Like it's the, the script doesn't change even with Justin Herbert out.
1: No, not at all. It's the same stuff. Same, same stuff. Every, yeah. yeah, same movie, same horror film that you <laughs> you know nightmare. get terrified at, you know that you want to cry under your bed because you know that the same thing's going to happen in front of your eyes, but unfortunately you can't look away because you know you love your team and you hope that you see something different. but we didn't, we didn't see anything different. The offense couldn't put it together. They couldn't sustain drives. They couldn't block. They could not, uh, they ran the ball a little bit better, but they were going up against the worst run defense in the NFL. And, you know, they couldn't score points, which has been the same, you know, story the last three games, basically. It's just been a microcosm of the entire season over and over and over again. They lose for all of the same reasons.
0: Yeah. A hundred percent. And like, I think, you know, the, the offense coming out as slow as it did, like, I think, you know, they did a good job taking Keenan Allen away and, and not letting them beat him early on. I think Herbert struggled with that because that's the only guy he truly trusts. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Easton Sixer's going to come out and throw the ball where he needs to throw it to. But, like, yeah. as far as the bad boys go, you know, 46 yard touchdown, touchdown to Cortland Sutton over Michael Davis, where it's just like, hey, if you see the ball, man, and you look, you know, you're looking that way, you're like, go get the ball. <laughs> you know the what ball. I mean? But, and so he makes a one handed touchdown there. 35-yard passing play of Lucas Kroll. Derwin, who missed a ton of bad tackles in this game yeah, again. He, he was, was just crazy, man, to see that dude missing tackles the way that he has been. But he gets lucky. Jerry Judy drops a bomb. That should have probably been a touchdown, right? Oh, definitely. wide open there. Like, losing the turnover battle, you know, missing tackles. Like, it's all the same script. And, like, that's, I think, just what makes it so tough for next season. Because even with the guys that you have, like – A lot of these guys are going to get back. And I think another focus, you know, on trying to get new voices in this building, get a new foundation set for this roster is because like a lot of these guys, you're going to need more from next season, right? Because a lot of these guys are still going to be back. You need a different voice in those heads. You need different, you know, leadership, putting and building around the guys you currently have. Find out who your core guys are. Build around that. And keep it moving because this team should be back in the thick of things quickly if they can finally get the right combination of head coach and general manager and build a winning, successful roster that can compete in year in and year out like any team with Justin Herbert should do. But on tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about if Easton Stick can win a game down the stretch and also... Should we want Easton Stick to win a game down this stretch? We're gonna get into our Chargers, buy or sell on a short week. Thursday night football against the Raiders. It's still family trust and respect as always. But we always, always appreciate you guys. And we're going to be here the rest of the season. We did it through 4 and 11. Right or yeah, 4 and 12, we did it through yep. 5 and 11. We will be here with you guys, your team every day as we always promise to make sure you don't miss it. Go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Charges YouTube channel and please listen wherever you get your podcast from. You can also find the show every day on all of our social media. You can find us on Twitter at Locked on LAC on Instagram at Locked on Chargers and our Locked on Chargers Facebook page. Thank you guys again. Make sure you're back here tomorrow with buy or sell as we start looking big picture for the rest of this Chargers season and get into this early matchup this week with the Las Vegas Raiders because it'd still be nice to beat the Raiders, even though it's probably not good for the Chargers. It's kind of a win win situation. So make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for that. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.